Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Heartwood Culture Podcast on the Believe Network. Know me, know the voice of the guys. Me, really real, feeling real, real from Jing here at your service. And uh, okay day, I guess. We had an okay day, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about yesterday, but let's talk about the picks. And so we get the first pick of the day. Memphis Lakers over 228 and a half that comes through for us a very you know back and forth game for a good portion of the game and we got there with Anthony Davis leaving the game at one point in time we got there with Ja leaving the game at one point in time Ja's gonna be might be out for game two so I'm not gonna lie don't be surprised if I come back on Memphis game two. We're going we gonna to get there. We're going to wait till that day comes. I think that's on like Wednesday or something. But don't be surprised if I get on Memphis game two just because we've seen Memphis be able to get it done without John Morant and how much more they spread the ball around and keep the offense flowing and moving and all of that. So I we, we might be that, but we hit that. We hit that. And then we come back. Clippers get the win outright. So we sprinkle on a seven and a half. We played a seven and a half. That was my second play. We hit the win outright. I I truly think that's going to be their best gut punch. Like, I think that's going to be their best punch. Russell Westbrook, while he had a great game defensively, he could not do anything on the offensive end of the basketball. And if he doesn't get that together, he's going to – that defense isn't always going to be there. That intensity isn't always going to be there. I think that it was really a lot of the emotions of being in a series against Kevin Durant for the first time in forever. I don't matter of fact, did they even play a series against each other? They might have had one of the OKC Golden State series, I guess, maybe. But I, I don't know. I gotta I gotta go back and look at that. We should have just stopped there because the night slate was bad. I we didn't get there on cat over 23 and a half. We didn't get there on Jokic over nine and a half assists. It was it, it was terrible handicapping in that slate. That was an ugly game. It wasn't a lot of points scored. I probably should have just took Denver like I wanted to, and we would have cashed that and had a really nice day. But you know, it is what it is. You gotta you gotta take that on the chin. So what did what we did win in early part of the slate? We lost at the night Pyro slate. So two and two day. Ladders clearly didn't get there either. So two and two day in terms of just the overall picks. Now we're back here for another day. I'm let's but let's talk about a couple of these games that happened yesterday and because the injuries are really, really glaring in terms of Paul George. It came out that Paul George is out for the rest of the series. He's not gonna make he's not gonna be ready to make a return. I kind of figured that, but you know, you have Tyler Hero breaks his hand. He's effectively done. Like maybe if they make a run, he can make it back, but he broke his hand. He's effectively done. Giannis got a hurt back. It sounds like he's gonna play in game two. But we'll see. He ended up, uh, I think it was uh, on a charge against Kevin Love. Kevin Love, by the way, has reinvigorated himself after leaving the Cavs. And I, I think it feels like he takes a char- at least one charge every single game. And in most games, it's multiple. Like Kevin Love is really putting his body on the line at 34 years old. And, you know, Anthony Davis with the, I think it was a stinger. Maybe he kind of you know, made it more than what it was in the moment. But Ja with the hand injury, it sounds like he's going to be out for a game, maybe two. So the injuries really can change. Like an injury can really change the series. If Ja is missing extended time in this Lakers series, I really am tempted to think that the Lakers are going to run away with this thing. 
I still think that the Clippers without Paul George can dominate this. Not Clippers, but the Suns without Paul George can dominate this series against the Clippers. And I'm probably going to get down on them to win in five at plus 440. I'm debating it, but I still, I really think that they, I think this was the game. I think this was the Clippers game, and I think this is the moment. And now we probably should just go ahead and get on them in five at plus 440. I could see a gentleman sweep here. I don't really know what to make of the Heat Bucks series because I don't know what to make of the Giannis injury and what that injury means for because I know the Bucks are still going to be good, but they're going to give up a couple of games without Giannis. If Giannis can go, if Giannis can play effectively, then I think the Bucks come back and dominate this series as well. Nuggets did what I thought they was going to do. They did everything except score the basketball and let the Timberwolves score. So not really surprised there. All right. Let's get into today's picks. We have two games on the schedule in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers welcome back the Brooklyn Nets for game two of their series. Philadelphia leaves 1-0. Very dominant series game, 121-101 in the first go-around for the 76ers. The line is now at 10, 213 is the total. Let me pull up uh, an injury report here. Over here with my my friends at the Underdog Network. Shout out Underdog Fantasy. Um, let's see here. All right. Yeah, so pretty clean injury report on both sides. Ben Simmons is the only name listed, only name that we're expecting. So takeaways from the first go-round. And where I feel like, because handicapping series is tough because – there's going to be adjustments and you kind of got to listen to the code. Like it's really, really big after in the playoffs and some people don't want to put in the work and that's why they listen to people like me that put in the work. But if you want to, you know, I can, I can, what, what's the saying of, I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink it. But that's not the saying I want. No, the saying I want is you, Give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So here's what I'm just trying to teach you. It's very important to watch the post-game interviews and, you know, even pre-game stuff, like stuff in between in the day off. Just see if any point in time the coaches or the players tip their hand of what they realized went wrong in that game before and where the adjustment needs to come. And the glaring adjustment for the Brooklyn Nets is that they need to take care of the basketball. Because 19 turnovers, and I think it amounts to some 31 points off of turnovers for the Philadelphia 76. That cannot happen. That can't happen. This is a different game if you don't turn the ball over that many times and allow them to score off the turnover that many times. And so... With the nets and shooting, like they didn't even, they didn't even shoot the ball that bad. Like, I'm pretty sure it was what 55 percent from the field in that game from the nets. Yeah, 55.7 percent from the field, 44.8 percent from three. They shot the ball really, really good, and it's just the fact that, you know, they turned the ball over so many times. They and that's really was the killer, but their shooting wasn't that bad. 
However, you shoot 55.7% from the field, 44.8% from three, and you only scored 101. Like, that's not okay. That's not good. They took 19 less shots than the 76ers in that game, 89 shots for the 76ers, 70 shots for the Brooklyn Nets. And that leads me to my point that I just think that the Nets offensively are not there. Like, they cannot consistently put together offensive showings. And so I'm getting to my point with the pick here. But I think if I think that the Nets – one, I think that the Philadelphia's defense does make an adjustment and say that, hey, they can't be that efficient from the field again. If they get more attempts, then we're kind of, you know, we're kind of screwed here. But so Philadelphia ramps up the defensive intensity to make sure to bring that percentage down this game. But also the Nets take better care of basketball and try to give themselves more possession, maybe slow the game down a little bit more, take better. Like I said, take better care of the basketball, slow the game down a little bit more. That's kind of what I'm expecting in this game. And so my play here is on the under. Give me the under 213 for the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets. I don't trust the Nets offensively. I think that that was probably going to be one of their better offensive showings, not in terms of per points per game, but in terms of shooting percentage. I think that's going to be one of their best offensive games that they're going to get. And I think that they are not going to allow the easy points for the 76ers coming off of the turnover. They're also 76ers. I don't expect them to be 21 for 43 from the three-point line again. Like that is 21 threes in the game is insane. I don't expect them to hit that mark again. So I I am here 213 under. Give me, yeah, give me that under 213 under for the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets. That is play number one for today. Play number two. I'm trusting my gut, man. I'm trusting my gut. And if you look at this, the late slate, the late game is the Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. Golden State is opened up as a one point favorite. They are now a one and a half point favorite. 239 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And Jordan Poole popped up on the injury report with an ankle injury. So monitor that, but I'm pretty sure he's still going to play. And then nothing for the Sacramento Kings. Everybody is on Golden State. Everybody that I follow in any branch of sports betting media, I don't think I've seen anybody take the Kings. Now, I am always the one that I trust veteranship. I trust a veteran team, a championship team. I've been high on Golden State for majority of the season, even though they've been terrible on the road. I think everybody focuses on that last game and everything that didn't go right for Golden State. 16 from 50 from three. They got out-rebounded. They got... Uh, the turnover margin wasn't in their favor. The fouls were in their favor. Like there's so many things that everybody's talking about. Golden State had all these imperfections and still only lost a three-point game. So they're on Golden State because they think Golden State is going to correct those things and they're going to end up getting the win. That is a gambler's fallacy. Just because, you know, something went wrong doesn't mean they're automatically going to correct it. That is a fallacy. 
because you can look at it easily on the other side of the ball in the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings, Sabonis couldn't get anything going. Kevin Herter couldn't get anything going. Keegan Murray was a non-factor. Like, there's so many other things on the Kings side of ball where if you've been watching Kings basketball over the course of the year, and unfortunately I have because I at one point was fading them early in the year, then I expected them to fall off after all-star break they never did they continued to prove me wrong and, and then i've actually finally gotten to the point where i feel like i can trust this team and i'm just behind eight ball on that it happens it's just some teams you just don't trust and mine was the kings for a long time but here i think that everybody being on golden state it feels like i need to be on the kings here and it's because one of the mental aspect of Golden State and being on the road, they're just not having been that good on the road. They had this game affect, like they really thought that they were in a driver's seat of that game for different forces of the game. They ended up blowing the lead and, you know, giving up the win. And one Andrew Wiggins three could have potentially sent them into OT and then they still had a chance to come out there and get a win. Like, I think that Sacramento makes the adjustment. Sabonis takes less shots in this game, knowing that he has a tough matchup with Looney and Draymond. They were smothering him. He wasn't getting anything. He wasn't getting any calls. And he becomes more of a facilitator. Because when he's a facilitator, he's really, really good. Like Sabonis is really, really good as a facilitator. I think Davion Mitchell gets more burn in this game and really accepts the task of sticking to Steph Curry. Because the defense on him is 24-7. If Golden State has possession of the ball, you are actively defending Steph Curry because he moves so well off the ball, and you can't let him get going. De'Aaron Fox found himself in his stride against Golden State in that last game. He actually had some really struggle matchups against Golden State this season, but that 38 points that he just had, and I think he can get there again. Like I truly don't think that as constructed – Golden State has what they need to guard him because, one, Andrew Wiggins is still coming off the bench. You have Gary Payton in the second who's coming off the bench. I think that – and I, maybe I maybe I like a De'Aaron Fox first quarter play because of the fact you have Wiggins and Payton coming off of the bench. Now, we'll see when the lineup drops, and I might actually make that a play for later. But we'll see with the lineup drops if they move Gary Payton up to the starting lineup, if they saw good things from Wiggins and they move Wiggins in the starting lineup. But with that, Wiggins and Payton are really the only two people that I could see of actually being able to force Fox into some tough shots. But Fox is just in another mode right now. He's really, really good. And when he gets to that fourth quarter, he takes over. He's the by far the most clutch player in the fourth quarter. So I think that everybody assumes that this is the letdown for the Kings. And I don't think so. I think Golden State goes down 0-2 in this series and then goes home and wins the next two at home and brings themselves back in it where they can go on the road and try to, you know, go up 3-2 going back to Golden State. But right now, I think, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems something in my gut's telling me that it's not Golden State's night tonight. Somehow, some way it's not Golden State night tonight. So, I'm going with the Kings. I'll take the Kings to get it done. I think the money line is like plus 106. Yeah, I like the Kings to get it done today. So those are my two picks on in terms of side and total. I do have a player prop. 
and I want to make sure that I get the right number for it to give out, but I think that some some way, somehow, they have to figure out how to rattle deer and Foss. And I don't know if they're able gonna be able to do it, but I think that they are gonna be active and defensively. So I'm going to a defensive prop. And looking at the players available, you have Gary Payton the second. His steal prop is at over a half at like minus 200, minus 180. No, I'm not doing that. But what I will do is I will combine his steals and blocks because Gary Payton is second. Again, everybody knows him as a very active defender. And so I think that he can kind of be that X factor to help. What's the word I'm looking for? Neutralize or at least rattle, some, you know, Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, all those other guys. Like, we know he has that in his bag. We know he has that in his game. And there's a reason that Golden State went to bring him back halfway through the season because they realized that, wow, man, we really shouldn't have let this guy walk, but we couldn't just pay the price tag to keep him on. So he had two steals in that last game. We looking at, you know, his games prior and he has four he had four steals against Portland in 20 minutes. He had two blocks against Sacramento during the regular seasons in 20 minutes. He had uh, and then you know there was nothing there on OKC, nothing there on Denver. He only played 17 and 11 minutes in those games. But a block and a steal against Sacramento against San Antonio in 18 minutes. He had nine minutes against New Orleans and still got a steal. Uh, 15 minutes against the Minnesota, still got a, what was that? He still got a block in that game. Like, you know, so, and these are just me going down the games that he actually played with Golden State. So in, what is this, seven games, regular season games he played with Golden State, he has hit this line in one, two, three, three of seven. So, you know, it's not bad, but it's at plus money. So you're in the green at that point. This is this is prop is at plus 150. So you're in the green at that point if he hit in three and seven. But we get there in the first game. I think he gets there again. He got 20 minutes. I expect his his minutes to stay around 20. Like they can't not play him. The only thing that could get him out is if he gets into foul trouble. But they can't not play him because they need as much help as they can defensively as possible. Wiggins is another person that I was looking for for steals and blocks and that kind of prop, but I haven't seen a Wiggins prop up, so I'm not going to give that one out. But just know Wiggins is the same mindset that these two and that we're going to need to use those two to help kind of generate some big defensive plays we're going to state. So that's the play. Gary Payton the second over one and a half steals and blocks at plus 150. I already gave you the under for the Philadelphia 76ers in the Brooklyn Nets game at 213. And we have the Kings to win the game at plus 106. So let's see how that goes. Let's see how it goes with that. Appreciate everybody for, again continuing listening for picks and you know, tell me, fade me, do whatever you do. I'm just here to be a vessel and to help spark you for your own bet. So if you hear something that I said that's, that you say, hey, 
I like that steals and blocks angle, but you didn't mention Draymond Green. Draymond Green's a good defender. Let me take Draymond Green steals and blocks. Like, you know, whatever you come to by listening to me and you come to your own emphasis, your own ideas, a bet you want to place. And I hope that it goes in your favor. But, you know, I also I like me too. So I'm I'm hoping my stuff goes through. But I want to, you know, whether you tell me, fate me, whatever it is, I just want you to be able to win in whatever you put in. So all right. At HW Culture Pod on Twitter for the podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, and shout out to everybody on the Believe Network again for the opportunity to be doing this. And make sure you leave reviews. Leave reviews for me. Make sure you check out other shows on the Believe Network too. You know, I've had a couple of guests, Greg up here, you know, uh Rob. Like I've had other other guests up here that were really good and have shows and that you guys can go check out their stuff as well. So check out the other shows on the Believe Network, but you know, make sure you subscribe and review mine and lock in and tap in with us too. So appreciate everybody listening. I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending podcast just gonna end it like this. We are out of here.